Thanks for tuning in to the High School at 12 Stone Church ministry podcast. Let this message be a source of truth and encouragement. Let's lean into this week's message. What's up, H12? How you guys doing tonight? You good? That's great, man. You guys look beautiful today. I love it. I love Tuesdays, best day of the week, because I get to see you guys. It's amazing. Well, my name's Trey, and I've got a question for you guys tonight. Have any of you guys really, 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 really wanted something? Like, you wanted it bad. Like, like if you got this thing, you'd be set for life. Like, you'd, you wouldn't ask for anything ever again. Like, like if you got this thing, you'd, you'd be happy forever. And... One of these things, uh, uh, once upon a time, my wife, Holly, she wanted a hedgehog, all right? So it, this is about two years ago. We had been married for about three months. We were living up in Indiana next to Indiana Wesleyan University. And um, for some bizarre reason, Holly somehow got this hedgehog obsession, and she's, she's telling me like, hey, we need to get a hedgehog. Like hedgehogs are amazing. Hedgehogs are so cute. They're the cutest little things ever. She's telling me like how happy she'll be if she gets a hedgehog and how amazing it can be her little pet. She'll take care of it. She's showing me pictures. She's showing me videos. Vid- videos kind of like this one right here. Check this out. knew that hedgehogs could float on their backs. They curl up in a little ball and they could float. It's the cutest thing in the world. And so in the back of her mind, Holly knows. She's like, it's unrealistic. Like, we're probably not going to get a hedgehog. But secretly, secretly, I had a hookup, you see. See, I had a friend who went to Indiana Wesleyan who owned a hedgehog. But they weren't allowed to have a hedgehog on campus because of school rules so I said, hey, how about this? Let's make a deal. We'll keep your hedgehog for you, and you can come over and visit them and play with them however much you like. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. So she brought the hedgehog over to her house one night, and Holly freaked out. Holly was like, oh, my goodness, this is the best. And this, this little cute hedgehog. Is, the, the hedgehog's name was Lupin, and it was awesome, like from Harry Potter, I guess, because they're nocturnal. I don't know. But um, uh, it, it was she, she was so happy. In fact, in this series, we're talking about top of the chart songs. Songs that have been at the top of the charts that, and we're looking at them and seeing what messages are they feeding us? What messages can we get from them? And so you could say that this song explained pretty well how Holly was feeling. Clap along if you want, but check this song out. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say.
That's how Holly felt. It was incredible. And we lived happily ever after. No, you know there's a hook to this story. You know there's a hook to this story. And, and so we found out real quick, we found out real quick that hedgehogs really aren't that cuddly. They're actually really spiky and not fun to hold at all. And we found out real quick that hedgehogs do this thing called like, like huffing and puffing. Like when they feel threatened, they'll curl up in a ball and puff their spikes out and they'll, they'll make this little and all their spikes are like, choo, 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 and it's like stabbing you when you're trying to love it. And you're like, just let me love you. And it's like, no, it's awful. And we found out real quick that these things stink real bad, like so bad. And it's real fun, like it has a wheel it'd run in it. It was real cute until it started like kind of doing its mess in the wheel and then running in the wheel. It's flying everywhere and getting... Guys, it was bad. It was so bad, we, I told my friend, I was like, hey, after like a month or so, I mean, we lasted a, a good long while, like a month. It's like, hey, could you take uh, your hedgehog home like uh, during Thanksgiving break instead of Christmas break? Because it just, it wasn't working out. So very, very sad, broke Holly's heart. <sighs> I'm sorry, babe. But what, what we learned real quick, we learned real quick, and this is in your notes, if you chase something that will make you happy, you'll only end up disappointed. When you chase the things that you think will make you happy, you'll end up disappointed. And, and we, we experience that real quick because we have these expectations, we have these things, and then you, you, you get the thing that you think will make you happy, and it disappoints you. Or it makes you happy for a little bit, and then slowly it, the happiness kind of fades and so the, the, the trick is, how do we find a happiness that lasts? Because I'm sure you guys have felt this. You've, you've had something you want. You want it really, really bad, and maybe you don't get it, and then you're disappointed. Or you want it really, really bad, and you get it, and it's not as great as you thought. So the trick for us is, is how do we find a happiness that lasts more than just a day? I've, I've talked to so many of you students where one week, you're on top of the world. You're like, yeah! This world's awesome. I'm loving it. Life is great. And the next week, you're like, man, life's hard. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm failing all my classes. And I'm like, you had all A's last week. What did you do? Or they're like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend and I broke up. Or, you know, how can we find a happiness that lasts more than a week, right? Well, lucky for us, Jesus told a story about a guy who went on a search for happiness and what that looked like and, and how he recovered from the disappointing outcome of his search for happiness. So if you got a Bible, grab your Bible. You got a Bible uh, in the chair beneath you or in front of you. We're gonna turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, that's page 1048. Luke is in the New Testament, about two-thirds through the Bible. You've got Matthew, Mark, then Luke. It's the third book in the New Testament. It's one of the Gospels, which means it tells the story of Jesus' life. Page 1048, Luke chapter 15, verse 11. And just to give you a little background, Jesus had just finished talking about a lost uh, sheep, and then Jesus talked about a lost coin, and now Jesus is about to talk about a lost son. 
And these aren't real life stories. These are stories that Jesus is making up to teach a lesson. They're called parables. And so let's pick it up in verse 11 of uh, chapter 15. Should have it on the screen. Jesus continued, there's a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. Now pause. Hold on a second. This is like you going up to your mom, going up to your dad and saying, hey, mom, dad, I wish you guys were dead. Fork over the money. This is what he's saying to his dad. Give me my share of the estate. I mean, you're supposed to get the inheritance when? When your parents die. So he's saying, you guys are taking too long. I want my money now. Like, how bad is that? But if you, if you keep reading, it says the father gave it to him. Like, wow, okay, that's cool. Uh, that's a generous, kind dad, I guess. But let's put this in perspective. I mean, this dad is pretty wealthy from what we can tell. I mean, he's got a lot of animals, he's got fields, he's got a lot of servants. So we could say maybe he's upper middle class, all right? So I did a little research. The average upper middle class in America, their net worth, so that everything put together, what they own is about a million dollars, okay? So uh, he gets his share of the inheritance. He's the younger brother, so he gets a third. The older brother gets twice as much as him, so he gets a third. So a third of a million is $333,333. Now, I, w- I want you guys to turn to each other and tell the person next to you, what would you do with over $300,000? would be the first thing you would do? The first thing you would do. All right, all right. So what does this son do, right? Does this son, does he use the money? Does he use the money to pay for college? Does he use the money to, to maybe buy, buy a reliable, nice car? Does he use the money to buy a house or start a business? That, let's go to the next verse and see what he does with the money. Verse 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And, and so this is like him taking all his money, going to Las Vegas, and living the wildlife. I mean, he's spending it in casinos. He's, he's going out. He's buying cars. He's, he's doing all this crazy stuff. Verse 30 even says he spends it on prostitutes. Like, he's living the wildlife, all right? He, he's spending his money, and, and it looks to me like he's bought in to maybe some of the things that this song is kind of teaching us as well. So we're going to throw some of these lyrics from the, the happy song up, and we're going to look at them real quick. Clap along if you feel like a room without a roof. I mean, what is that saying other than like happiness is, is when you don't have limits, right? Like this, this roof right here is limiting this room. If we didn't have a roof, it had no limits. Like, happiness is when you don't have any limits, no rules. You do whatever you want. When in reality, we learn that when we live that way, we crash and burn. When we live without rules, when we live without guidelines, we crash and burn. Just like if you were to drive your car down the highway and you ignored all the rules of traffic, you're like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm not gonna obey any rules. I'm living the free life. The free life is gonna end up the crash life pretty soon, the in-debt life. That's not a fun life, right? 
What about the next line? Clap along if you know what happiness is for you. That's saying, man, you, what makes you happy makes you happy. What makes me happy makes me happy. You know what happiness is for you. I know what happiness is for me. You do you, I do me, yada, yada, yada. And while the path to happiness might be different for everyone, I, I would say the path to lasting happiness all leads to our Heavenly Father, but we'll get to that in a second. Clap along if you know that happiness is the truth. This is saying, like, happiness is the goal in life. It's the truth. It's the only thing you can rely on. That's what you chase after. But what we know is that when you chase happiness, you only find disappointment. When you chase the Father, you find fulfillment. And the next line right here, clap along if you feel like that's what you want to do. I mean, what is that other than, like, if you can do whatever you want to do, whatever you feel like doing, then you'll be happy. Just do whatever you feel like doing. Let your feelings guide you. And we know when you, you let your feelings guide you, that's not usually the most reliable sense of life direction is your feelings. And that's what happened to this son. Let's find out in this next verse what happens. After he spent everything, this is verse 14. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine that, in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So this bro runs out of money and pretty much makes himself into a servant for someone else. He's feeding pigs, and he's so hungry, he wants to eat what the pigs are eating, but no one will even give him that. He chased happiness, and it only brought him disappointment. It only brought him heartache. And here's the mistake he made. He built his happiness on temporary things. And if you're taking notes, you can fill this in. Happiness centers on circumstances. And what do we know about circumstances? Circumstances change, don't they? His happiness, happiness didn't last because his money didn't last. He's basing his happiness on things that change. And maybe some of us have started to base our happiness on things that change. Maybe you try to find happiness in sports. Maybe you try to find happiness in your grades. Maybe it's in a girlfriend or a boyfriend. We're trying to find happiness in popularity or college admissions. And it consumes us, and, and that's our life pursuit. If we win this, then we'll be happy. Maybe it's in money, cars, sex, drugs, video games. Whatever it is, I think some of us are chasing happiness in things that are temporary, because all those things are changeable. They can be going great one second and bad another. And if you're basing your happiness on those things, you'll be happy one second and sad the other. So what's the solution? If you're taking notes, build your life on something permanent. Build your life on something permanent. That's a, let's look back to the story. Verse 17. Thankfully for us, this story doesn't end badly. It has a redemption to it. It says, when he came to his senses, verse 17, 
You can follow along in your Bible. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here am I starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. All right, so he's going back to his dad, going to ask to be a servant to his dad. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, he's starting to give his spiel, right? Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father interrupts him. It says, The father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. See, H12, the pursuit of happiness will fail us often. The pursuit of happiness will, will leave us unsatisfied. But there's another way, and it's the way of joy. And happiness and joy might seem like very similar things, but they're worlds apart. Happiness is based on, on temporary things. Joy is based on things that don't last. Happiness is based on circumstances, and this is in your notes. Joy is based on family, because family is forever. Happiness is based on things that you can get, and joy is based on things that you receive from others. Happiness is dependent on your circumstances. It can be here one day, gone the next. Joy, despite your circumstances, can always be with you. Happiness ends in disappointment, and joy ends in a party. Age 12, I want to invite you to stop pursuing happiness and to start discovering the joy of family. Because we, we have a porch-sitting, far-seeing, forever-seeking father, and he's always looking out for us, for us to turn back to him. And when the son got back, the father wasn't like, hey, where you been? Like, I can't believe you left. What'd you do with all the money? No, he said, welcome back to the family. And the son felt unworthy, like we might feel unworthy. But here, here's the key. You belonging to the family is not based on you living like a holy life or a perfect life. You belonging to the family is based on God's perfect love. So it's not dependent on you. All you have to do is accept the father's arms. See, a lot of us, a lot of us can think, oh, I, I've tried this, I've tried that. Everything disappoints. But we trick ourselves and say, maybe this next thing will make me happy. Maybe this next thing will be the thing that satisfies. When in reality, only God can truly satisfy. But the cool thing about that is that when we build our lives around our relationship, around family, being a son, being a daughter to the father, all of a sudden, everything else starts playing out. All of a sudden, it doesn't matter if you're having a, a great grade or a, you've got a girlfriend or not, all of a sudden, it becomes like, I've got God. Because my happiness isn't based on circumstances, my joy 
is based on my relationship to the Father. It's based on family. And I love this. I, the Bible teaches that when one person, when one person comes into the family, all of heaven goes nuts. They throw a party. Kind of like what we do when people get baptized, that's a representation of someone going from, from being lost to being found, from darkness to light, from dead to alive, and we go nuts, don't we? That's what this father does. He, he calls a party. He invites everyone in. And so H12, I wanna invite you to do two things tonight. I wanna invite you to either join the family or invite to the family. Some of you maybe have never experienced having a relationship with God, never experienced the love of the Father, and you've been chasing after things, you've been pursuing things that haven't satisfied. And I wanna invite you to come back to the Father, to find joy in family. Because I don't know what your earthly father is like, but I know that my heavenly father is stinking awesome. <laughs> He's amazing, and he won't let you down. So I want to invite you to join the family. So if, if you're feeling, man, I want to join this family, I, 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 I want to stop chasing happiness and start realizing the joy of family, just on, on your notes, there's a tear-off section. Just check, you want to accept Christ. Put your name, drop it in the box in the back. And we want to talk to you about that. We want to welcome you into the family. And maybe some of you, you're in the family, but you've wandered off and you feel like, oh, there's no way God could accept me. Maybe I'm not in the family anymore. Hey, you're in the family. Turn around, come home. We can get sidetracked by a lot of different things, but I know one thing. And when we turn around and we make our focus Jesus, everything starts falling back into place. So maybe you need to rejoin the family. Come back home. But then what does the father do when, when there's a party? He gets everyone. He gets all the servants. He gets all the family. He invites everyone. And he says, come celebrate with me. My son's back. And maybe a lot of you, you need to, you need to maybe this week, invite someone to the family. The H12 family, but even better than that, the family of God. And, and that's my challenge for some of you. On your way out, pick up an invite card to H12. Take one and invite one person. Because here's what I know about families. Here's what I know about parties. When the family gets bigger, the party gets better. Isn't that true? You guys ever have something with a, like a family get together and someone's missing? Man, it's just not right. When the family gets bigger, the party gets better. And so invite to the family. Join the family. Imagine if, imagine if everyone in this room found their joy in their relationship with their Heavenly Father. That no matter what's going on in your life, you could have that joy. That would change everything. That would change everything because you can't control your circumstances, but you can control where you put your joy, where you put your faith, where you put your trust, where you put your hope. And I hope that you put your hope and my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our Heavenly Father. And so, that's, that's party. Every week when we come here, it's a party. Every Sunday when we go to church, it's a party. 
Everywhere you go, it's a party because you're bringing the family of God with you. So join the family. Invite to the family. Let me pray for you guys.